Hey, this is Edgar. Hi, it's Olivia. And welcome to the Minority Report podcast. This week, the 2018 midterms. So, uh, start of the show. Um, some pretty great. Okay, so this is our midterm special. I'll just go ahead and say that. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're recording a little later than we normally do uh, because we wanted to cover the midterms and get them results. Get them results and everything that had happened. Uh, but some other crazy things have happened since then. Um, and we're going to start off with uh, a story that broke today, which is very concerning. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ju- Supreme Court Justice, uh, uh, RBG, uh, as you know, she is known. Um, uh, unfor- she had, I shouldn't be laughing because this is not good at all, but she fell in her office um, and she broke three ribs and she was rushed. Uh, she what? okay. So I heard mixed reports or I read mixed reports that she was rushed to the hospital. Turns out she actually went home and then went to the hospital. Um, but yeah, she has three fractured ribs, which at her age, um, she's 85, by the way, is not, um, <laughs> not good. Not good. It, it brings up a lot of complications because it takes longer for, um, the bones to heal. Um, which leaves people a little more susceptible to uh, further damage, uh, but also uh, diseases like uh, pneumonia, especially when it's your ribs and you can't breathe as well. Um, so uh, here at the show, we wish her a speedy recovery. A very speedy <laughs> yes, recovery. We want the best for her. Please uh, recover. Oh, my God. <laughs> please hold on. Of course, uh, th- it's just bad. This it's bad but um she's a fighter and if anyone can recover and pull through it's her and not only that she's a supreme court justice so she has like the best health care that's true in the country so not too worried uh wishing her the best get well soon rbg <laughs> okay moving on the next big story this happened right after uh the midterms and it's something we knew was incoming for a long time but trump has finally done it um he has asked jeff sessions to resign and uh yesterday jeff sessions resigned he did the thing Uh, this is a huge story that has a lot of ramifications for a lot of things but also including the Mueller probe which is very important um not surprising again we had known that this was something that um Trump had wanted to do because, of course, Jeff Sessions uh, recused himself um, from the Russia investigation, um, which put Rod Rosenstein in place to hire Bob Mueller in the first place. Um, This is uh, something that Trump just found unforgivable, even though kind of crazy. Jeff Sessions is his most successful cabinet member, literally uh, done the most for Trump's agenda. Uh, But it does not matter. Trump wants absolute loyalty. And he saw what what he saw in Jeff Sessions was not that. Um, Which is wild because arguably Jeff Sessions has been like one of the most loyal, like sort of. He was there from the beginning. He was literally the to Trump. He was the first person to like the first national level politician to endorse Donald Trump. 
so they have a lot of history and background together, and it's kind of crazy. Um, but of course, Jeff this is Sessions. This what happens when you take meetings. Uh, yeah. With shady Russians. Jeff Sessions, of course, has faced a lot of controversy, war on drugs, immigration. Uh, a lot of people, there was like this story just came out that uh, weed advocates, marijuana advocates across the country are very, very happy that Jeff Sessions is leaving office, um, especially as more and more states in the country are legalizing marijuana. Um, and of course, Jeff Sessions has been... Um, one of like one of the most uh, um, or one of the leading figures in opposing a lot of immigration reform um, and, and very anti-immigrant, uh, especially uh, uh, bolstering Trump's um, he, it was Trump's base pretty much during the 2016 election and sort of setting that agenda of um, being very, very anti-immigrant, anti-refugee. So a lot of mixed feelings here because Jeff Sessions, even though he's not a person that we like, uh, was w one roadblock keeping Trump from firing Mueller. Uh, replacing Jeff Sessions has made that a little bit easier for Trump. Now, if he does that, we don't know. Um, but it's definitely a story that we will keep our eye on. Um, but that's all we really have to say uh, of that for now. Um, it's very fresh and still developing and i'm sure we'll have more to talk about in the coming weeks especially with the rumors that uh bob Mueller is nearing some sort of conclusion um okay let's enough talk let's just get into the 2018 midterms and before we get into it i just want to say Phew, it's done. It's, it's over. Done. <laughs> Jesus. It's been uh, two years of nonstop uh, uh, preparing for this moment. I am so tired, and everyone's already talking about 2020. Yeah, like, literally. Everyone's... Can we get, like, one day? <laughs> yeah, one day, please. One day of break. Uh, the midterms are um, very important. They were very important this year because they are coming after the election of Donald Trump. And what we got here uh, is actually pretty indicative of where the country is right now. We got a um, divided Congress. We so did. We did. Our, um, uh, the Senate, actually, uh, uh, gain, Republicans gained seats in the Senate, um, which a lot of people um, weren't exactly – they thought they would sort of keep their majority but not necessarily gain seats. So that was sort of a bit of a blow. Uh, so there are now 51 Republicans and 43 Democrats in the Senate. Uh, but the story is very different when it comes to the House in a sort of direct correlation, direct response to the Donald Trump presidency. Uh, the House of Representatives has uh, shifted widely uh, and gone over to Democrats where they picked up uh, quite a few seats. Now we have 224 Democrats and 197 Republicans. What does this mean? This is actually very meaningful because it means um, Donald Trump can be um, controlled a little bit. It also means gridlock. <laughs> it also means there may not be a lot of governance for yeah, the next two I, years. I'm, I'm anticipating a lot of friction. Uh, so this was a very historic uh, uh, midterm election. It is the highest... A voter turnout for a non-presidential year election, which is awesome. Very great. People are going out to vote, um, even though a lot of people would like to suppress 
those rights uh people thank are voting. you for exercising your right to vote um it it also set the and i know you just said don't talk about this but it set it set the groundwork for 2020 and we'll talk more <laughs> about this later it really did though we'll talk more about this later when we talk about um beto uh cruz which is very close to home so we're, we're gonna save that as its own sort of little segment after this um but uh, it also means, like I said, uh, Democrats can finally sort of um, go after Trump for some things. Uh, they Democrats have long wanted more transparency from Trump. So Let's see them tax returns. Literally one of the first things <laughs> that people are announcing is we want to see those tax returns. Not only that, it also means that Mueller has more protection because if Trump does the unthinkable and fires Mueller, uh, House Democrats can rehire him uh, yep. uh to or, or hire him to do a completely different uh, um uh, but very similar and investigation. launch their own investigation exactly. obstruction of justice exactly <laughs> so it is very very good in those regards of course it's not a total blue wave like a lot of people had hoped um republicans are still holding on to the senate not only that they gain seats in the senate and of course the senate can be used to attack the house um, but really what we're about to see is a lot, a lot of gridlock. Uh, Donald Trump had a press conference after the midterms. It was a very um, testy pe- uh, 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 press conference. Uh, and today, Lots like, of... Yeah, it was, it was kind of insane. It was uncomfortable to watch. It was kind of insane, but Donald Trump More also... More than usual. He, it was really weird because he was trying to strike a balance because he was trying to say that he would be okay with... Uh, working with Democrats, um, as you know, you would expect a president to say and to do, but he would go back on it. He'd be like, "No, if they start investigating me, uh, then no, I will I'm not out. work. I will not work with them." But then it would be. Then he would say, "But maybe I will." Um, and of course, one of the sort of big things that people are hoping is like a, a, a bipartisan thing is infrastructure. So um, that might be sort of on the agenda for this new Congress in 2019, but we'll see. Um, thoughts and feelings here, because it's not a total win, uh, but it is much better, or progressives, liberals, Democrats are in a much better place than they were um, at, say, the beginning of 2016. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people were expecting a blue tsunami and i think we even mentioned this earlier where it's just like if we win it's going to be you know like it's going to be a little a little step forward it's not going to be like a complete takeover i think people were expecting a tsunami we got a little splash yes (laughs) you know um and i should note that um more house seats were up for uh people were up for election or spots were up for election than senate seats this year that is correct um and also the senate tends to favor um rural voters whereas the house favors uh more urban voters i mean that makes sense houses i mean this is like basic civics house is based on the population you get as many seats as your state Right. As the number of people your state contains. And then the Senate is two people. Right. For every state, no matter how many people there are. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so um, it's a little bit of a weird system that I think, in retrospect, we're seeing the kinks in since so many yeah. people live in urban areas and yeah. gerrymandering is just a thing that happens. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a total wash, but I think good progress was made. 
Um, like, what's this? What's a sound that's like triumphant? But yeah, it's, it's not the air horn. But it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a trumpet or like a. Da, 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 da. It's like a sad. It's like a French horn played by a seventh grader. Like oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh my god. Like. They kind of know what they're doing at this point, and it sounds like okay, but you know it could be so much better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how. <laughs> that's kind of how I'm taking that. it. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's. It was a little rough for us here in Texas, and we'll get more into that later. But when you look at it nationally, it could have gone way worse, and that it went the way it did is actually a pretty good thing. And not only that, one thing that we're going to talk about a little bit later is. We have our most diverse Congress. Um, that's a great, great thing. Um, One hundred women. Yeah, were a, elected. Oh, great! Into the House of Representatives. Great midterm for women. Great midterm for um, minorities and underrepresented people. Um, so, you know, it's like a mixed bag of feelings here. We're happy at all the great things that happened this year. Uh, some very great firsts. Um, some truly great gains. And not only that, uh, Democrats have the ability to set their own policy, set their vision. Um, but Republicans continue to control the House, the presidency. Um, and Donald Trump can now use Democrats as scapegoats whenever things go wrong. And that's sort of one of the silver linings of having a completely Republican run um, Congress was that. Uh, you can blame everything on them. You can literally blame everything <laughs> on them. And they they had control of everything and they still could hardly get shit done. Um, but now Donald Trump, of course, will take every opportunity to um, blame Democrats for whatever happens. Um, but we'll see what happens here. I'm very, very hopeful that Democrats can find a way to set their policy agenda to let people uh, know what they're about, what they want for uh, this country, you know, their vision of where this country could be, their sort of rebuke of Donald Trump. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, nothing's ever exactly how we would want it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I can't get too hopeful, but um, it's a good thing. It's yeah. a good thing. Speaking of which, how do you feel about, um, you know, after the results were in from the midterm, Nancy Pelosi went out, made a speech, and immediately was just like, we're going to be bipartisan. <laughs> and I felt, I don't know how I felt feel about that, and so I want to know how you feel about that. <laughs> I mean, of course. Of course everyone wants it in an ideal world, but it's like we don't live in that <laughs> world, you know? It's like... Um, I just, but what else could she say? You know? I know. I mean, it's like, like I, I don't want like, her to come out and. It's like the political answer to give. Right. Like right. I, I just feel like it was very. I mean, like it is very politiciany, and it's Nancy Pelosi, so it's gonna be very politiciany. But right. I'm just like, a part of me was just like, I don't. I, I'm not mad at it because it doesn't. It do, almost doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it almost. Who cares? Like whatever is gonna. I just hate that we have to like. Um, like Democrats always have to be the ones to jump. Like at it, in this political climate, at least jump to bipartisanship. I, I I I totally understand where you're coming from, but again, does it matter? I don't think it does. I, no, I really it does don't. Not. You're right. It, it it doesn't. So that's why I'm like, I guess I'm not too perturbed by it. Um, but it's sort of that is a very sad statement because it's like why why doesn't it matter why because it's like it's like a false promise you know it's like it almost doesn't even matter um and i get 
You know, well, people people have made that argument, like, yeah. why do Democrats always have to be the ones to, why do they always yeah. have to play ball? Why do they blah, blah, blah? And it's like, okay, we've seen, people say that, but we've seen it. They don't work together. That's why it's been such yeah. a fucking problem. I think it just bothers me because it was just such, like, flowery, political, empty language. Yeah. Like, it's just like, yeah. I... That's pop. I mean, yeah, and like it's, Nancy, from, it's exactly. Nancy Pelosi, so like, of course, exactly. it was going to be that. Yeah, exactly. But I was just kind of like, exactly. Ugh, really again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which you know, um, compare that to uh, Beto's speech when he lost, which we can talk about uh, uh, in a little bit right now. Um, you know, where he was much more personal, but not only that, um, believable as like a human being. You know, yes. um, no offense to Nancy Pelosi. Uh, but you're right. It's very political speak. But it was, again, it was. Yeah. Who but cares? both of I mean, like both of those had hints of like work together. But Betos was definitely like. Uh, exactly. I mean, and we'll if, talk about it. If, and if we want to talk about <laughs> it and if we want to get into that whole like working together. Yes, of course. In a perfect world, we would work together. But that's not the world we live in. These people do not want to work with us. And I shouldn't be saying us because I also have my own issues with the Democratic Party um, and, and a lot of the things going on. Um, but, um, you know, just to generalize it, um, it's very, very evident that Republicans and conservatives are not here to play ball. They are here to win and they are here to crush us. Um, that's not someone you want to play with. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so stop trying to. But that's true. Um, but that's I mean, that's a very cynical way of looking at it. It's I mean, it's one would some would call it cynical. Some would call it <laughs> realistic. Yeah, I'm, it can be both. Like it, it, it doesn't ha- it doesn't mean it is either. You know what I mean? It yeah, could, it could be both. Um, OK, let's just jump into uh, this Beto Cruz. Beto um, Cruz. Uh, uh, election here in Texas. So we're going to go local a little bit, but it became a national story. So I'm sure a lot of people are interested in this. Um, I was telling Edgar before we started recording that I had friends from all over. One friend in particular who is originally from Virginia lives in New York now texting me about the race as it was, as results were being counted. People were invested. (laughs) People were so invested. I mean, he was like, Beto was like the number one trending thing in the world. Uh, um, The the Texas Democratic, and I, I don't know, maybe because I live here, like I knew why we were so excited about it. Right. And like, I knew that it had permeated like the national news right, right. but I, it just didn't hit me like how much people outside of texas were invested oh, which like yeah. i guess i should have known because i was really excited about andrew gillum i was really excited about stacy abrams even though i don't live in those states so like it makes sense that because beto hit a national stage like people from elsewhere would be excited about it oh yeah um but i don't know it was just it was just like a weird thing that i had friends from other states mm-hmm. texting me about oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Beto Cruz. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but Beto O'Rourke, if you don't know already, which if you listen to this podcast, you probably do. Texas Democratic darling running yes. against Ted Cruz in yes. this midterm election, trying to snatch that Senate seat. Yes. Um, there And like his campaign was sort of a hallmark in Texas. He went to every county, county. in yeah. Texas he fundraised like uh, the likes I've never seen. He never took any super PAC money, but he raised so much funds for his campaigns. It was like a true bastion oh, of yeah. just like grassroots activism. 
I feel like almost everyone I know phone banked or canvassed for Beto at some point. <laughs> um, yeah. Like everybody was into it. Um, and everybody was getting out there voting, like Beto shirts everywhere. Granted, um, we live in a pretty liberal yes. town and yes. all of our friends are very liberal progressive um but even you Edgar you work in like a more conservative area and mm-hmm. you were seeing like there was some oh, yeah. Beto fervor there too oh yeah um, <laughs> the county I work in turned blue which is a, a huge <laughs> surprise for people um but like he's just kind of an electric guy oh yeah a lot of like Obama 08 vibes oh yeah you know um but he did lose to Ted Cruz. Yeah, barely. 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 He lost Which is the story by here. single digit percentage points. And yeah. like, I know it's it's like a weird thing because I am like, we're upset that he lost. Everyone is, you know, like we're still upset that he lost, but it's mm-hmm. just kind of shocking, especially for Edgar and I who... You know, anyone who's lived in Texas for any length of time, Edgar and I have lived here our whole lives, to see a dem like a Democrat running for a Senate seat lose by single digit percentage points, that is wild. It's it, it's so important to uh, to to state that because you know, it is a big deal because it showcases a change in texas now this is something people have been talking about for a long time texas will become purple but we've never gotten close to it and this is the first time where it's like oh shit we purple (laughs) if things would have gone slightly different beto would be texas state senator right now it was that close we're talking like a hundred thousand votes between them um, which is a lot of votes, don't get me wrong, but in a state the size of Texas with a population of Texas, the second most populous state in the union, you would think, you know, it, the margins would be far different, especially a deep red state. Um, and the, like, the Beto fervor trickled, like, trickled down oh, on the yeah. ballot. Um, oh, yeah. A great example is Harris County, the county I grew up in um, that encompasses most of Houston, like down the ballot, Harris yeah. County was purple. It turned solidly blue. Yeah. Um, which was going to happen, but like I think Beto pushed up the timeline. Oh yeah. And um, a great story coming out of Houston is that there were all nineteen Democratic Black women judges mm-hmm. who were oh, yeah. up for election. That was an awesome story. All of them got elected. That was an awesome story. And, and you, that is like partially story- due to this sort of democratic fervor in Texas that Beto was really like and you saw Sebastian it, of. And you saw it everywhere. In you Texas, did. You saw it in Dallas. Um, but you saw, uh, 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 like we were mentioning, uh, 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 very conservative counties that have been traditionally read flip um, and some rural counties, not all, but some rural counties were flipping blue. And that means a lot. That is very, very meaningful. Um, what does this mean on a national level? It means the idea, the notion of uh, Texas flipping is no longer far-fetched. Um, now, of course, the right candidate has to come along and two years is a long time. That's when corn and seat is up. Um, 
But, you know, in two years we'll also have a presidential election, and who knows what can happen in those two years. But I've been getting so many memes where everyone's just like, when you're sad that Beto lost, but then you remember that Abraham Lincoln (laughs) (laughs) didn't get elected in 1800 and then went on to be president. Like, three people sent that to me today. So, uh, I think that's a great transition. (laughs) Let's talk about the future of of Beto and what, what, what does this mean for... Uh, for him, for Texas, and and for the country, because like you mentioned, this down ballot movement, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it had like an effect in other states, honestly, um, because Probably. he was such an electric figure. Um, but yes, the big sort of thing going on is uh, Beto twenty twenty president. Everybody, everybody's Me? been like. Let's uh, get a Bernie Beto ticket. Let's get an Abrams Beto ticket. Let's get so, an Obama Beto. Like you've so let's been talk hearing. About this. Let's it. talk about. Let's get into this. What what could this look like? What could this be? Why are people excited about this? Why are people wanting this? Um, yeah, let, let, let's get into this. I mean, you know, I uh, I think national politics now affects everything. Like. Um, I think they were talking about it on the daily and I personally find it true that a local candidate now it you know you can run on what you can do for for your district or for whatever you're running for locally but party affiliation really matters. Oh yeah. Like really really matters. Everything you do is basically just simplified and rolled up to a national level. Um, which is an interesting thing. Like, I think that in certain situations it's good, in certain situations it's bad. Um, I think it, and it, it doesn't even have to be good or bad. It just might be a thing. Well, um, <laughs> I, I, I think, and this goes along the lines of what you're talking about. I think the, the, the thing though, is that Democrats since Obama have not really had this figure yes. that people can rally around. He's of course, like a, Bernie... Bernie was there in 2016, but we all know how that sort of turned out. But um, this is, I mean, I, this is a this new, is different. This is a new, exactly. Like this he, is a new it face. is very Obama 08. He's like, it's a new face, he's and young, it's a national, he's passionate, he's right. progressive. Like it's very like, all right. He's a new figure. Is what I'm he trying is. to say. He's a new figure, and what this means is that finally Democrats have someone to latch on, and that's why. Um, people are saying Beto 2020. This is why it's such a big deal for people. Of course, in two years, things can change. Beto may not be the primary candidate that we want. Um, but Democrats would be very, very dumb if they are not considering it, if they're not considering fielding him. Um, because this is unique. Like you were mentioning, this isn't normal. This is different. I mean, Um, yeah, I think he could definitely make a play. I wonder if he does do like a stint in the Senate first, though. Like, I wonder if that is a thing. Well, if he were to do that, then, you know, we would be, we'd be talking later in the 2020s for a presidential run. Yeah. Um, But, um, you know, he already has experience as a congressman and uh, not enough experience that it haunts him, but enough that he can (laughs) run on. Um, that's and true he's just an electric figure and i think he is um, very right electric. now it's very fresh the loss is fresh and we want it to is. be positive so maybe you know we're looking at this uh we're, we're too we're too close to it we're not looking at it objectively in a way that we should 
Um, but for now, I really don't see why they wouldn't even be considering it. And I, even if he doesn't run for president, um, he's a great national figure to have yeah. around. And this will not be the last time we see yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, I think there is a gleaming, glittering, shiny political career for Beto. Absolutely. I mean, like, he already... Absolutely. You know, he's already showed that, like, he can get people galvanized and he can get people across the country galvanized. Exactly. Like, people were paying attention to te- to the Texas Senate race. I was talking... You know? Uh, I was talking to... We were, we were watching the results and, and I was talking to some friends and um, for us, it's sort of like, you know, it's like Rocky. Yes, he lost the fight but he won because of what it means for the future, you know? Um, so, it, it, and it's very funny because win or lose, Beto's really going to win no matter what. Yeah. Um, like, so, Beto does come out looking... Absolutely. Like... Absolutely. Amazing. Now, I don't know if he will capitalize on this. I don't know if he wants to. He may want to take a break. He may just want to be with his family. He may, you know, want corn and seat in two years. He may not want the presence. We don't know. Um, but you know, just thinking out loud, uh, I understand why people are, are saying 2020. Oh yeah. Uh, like it makes a it lot, makes a lot sense. of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, now is Beto someone you would vote for in 2020? Another white man? Hmm. Interesting question. It is an interesting question. I, I honestly, it'd the be, answer's yes. The answer's yes. yes. The answer's yes. <laughs> but I want to, like, I do want to, like, I don't know it depends on who is put forward in 2020, right? right? Exactly. Like, exactly. I think that when he was talking specifically about Texas, I was energized. I was galvanized. Everything he was saying made right. sense to me, aligned with my morals and ideals um, for how I see Texas, you know? Um, so it'd be really interesting to see to you know hear what he has to say on a national scale and it'd be and i think it i don't know if he would be my first choice i would definitely vote for him but i don't know if he would be my first choice depending on who the other candidates are yeah i mean of course this is way too early we have no idea if but like like he's texas's favorite son so i'm you know like if he's i'm gonna be like a little biased towards him if he's our only <laughs> if he's our only candidate like he's the one like let's he's a, a great candidate yeah um yeah i mean uh, again like i i think i've said this before on the podcast if it takes voting for another white person just to uh, uh get donald trump out of office i'm all for it so like it does not matter to me like and beto of all the uh, the people uh i think he would be a fantastic choice of course um like you said, there is some bias there, um, and it's still very early. And two years, got- anything could happen. Although it, it, I keep saying it's early, but if you're people doing a president, people are gonna start like. If you're doing a presidential run, you have a oh, year. Yeah. You only have a year. Like you gotta, you gotta people start gonna, now. Yeah, people are gonna start February of next year, being like, "I'm running in 2020. Let's go." Exactly. And I mean, there were other races. Yes. Around the country. I think, like, Beto was one of three races that everyone was watching pretty closely. The other two were two governor's races. Yes. Georgia, Stacey Abrams versus Brian Kemp, um, which is now in a re... Like, Abrams is calling for a recount 
Um, she did not concede, and she was like, not all the ballots were counted. There were provisional ballots that weren't counted. There were votes that weren't counted. I want to recount. Damn. Boss. And if you don't know, Georgia, there was a lot of talk of voter suppression. Brian Kemp is the Secretary of State overseeing his own... This story is overseeing so his fucking own election. insane, dude. It, it like, it's something that should be illegal, but somehow is not. It's so fucking <laughs> insane that he's getting away with this. Like, it makes um, no sense. And he purged 53,000 people from uh, the voter it's registrar, which is... What a sham. What a fucking sham. 70% of those people were black. <laughs> such a fucking sham. So Stacey Horrible. Abrams, knowing this, was like, nah. Um, so they're hoping that there are enough votes for it to go to a runoff election. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, and in Florida, Andrew Gillum versus Ron DeSantis. Now, Andrew Gillum originally conceded mm-hmm. and now is unconceding and being like i also would like a recount too thank you oh, shit. so that is that race has also not been decided um and fingers crossed man we don't get to say this often but shout out to florida because they restored <laughs> they restored the they voted to restore the voting rights of 1.4 million people yes that was quite the amazing through a ballot initiative to get um, felons back their voting rights once they've paid their debt exactly. to society. So and shout a- out to you, Florida. And again, like we mentioned, setting the stage for 2020. 2020. Um, but we will keep an eye on both of yes. those races. That's um, crazy. It's crazy that we still have shit like that going I know. on. And that that story of him doing that is so infuriating. Every time I think about it, I'm like... This has to be illegal. This should be illegal. Why is this not illegal? It's so nuts. Like, I cannot... How how do you live with yourself doing shit like that? Anyways, uh, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) So, this week, midterm special, all about the midterms. Yes. Um, Sorry. We decided... Forgive us. (laughs) Forgive us. But we touched on this earlier. Um, We had a shit ton... Not a shit ton, but we had a lot. A shit ton. A shit ton. We had a lot of diverse candidates elected to national and state offices. Our most diverse Congress ever. I touched on it earlier. A hundred women. A hundred women. Lots of people of color. Oh, yeah. And LGBTQ people elected oh, yeah. to the office as well. And so instead of doing two separate tell me something goods, goods, this week yes we are forfeiting our tell me something goods for a collective tell me something good so we're going to talk about all these people yeah some of the some of the some of the individuals yes the highlights the highlights uh and everyone's special in their own way what an amazing story it's like again a lot of mixed feelings here but when you see this and you hear some of these uh historic first and these like amazing highlights it'll shock you it will shock you it'll make you so happy so let's run through it let's do it all right so first up we have johanna hayes she's a former former high school teacher and the first black woman ever to be elected to represent connecticut in the house of representatives amazing which is wild the first black woman ever amazing wild um Jared Polis, who is, will be Colorado's first 
openly gay man to be elected governor of a U.S. state. This is amazing. Crazy. <laughs> that is, um, I'm not surprised. Colorado is one of those states where it could really go either way. Like, you know what I mean? And when you hear this, how great. How fucking great. And a couple of people close to home, Mm -hmm. Sylvia Garcia and Veronica Escobar, will be the first Latina women to represent Texas in Congress. Wonderful. Which is also wild because Texas. What? I know. (laughs) I know. And they're like, half of these are just like, I am very happy about it, but also, how is this the first time? <laughs> exactly. I mean, and there always has to be a first, but there always has to be a first. There always has to be a first. But so, um, it's just, it's great, but at the same time, I guess the thought process is like, wait, what? Yeah, like, it's like, really? What? Really? Uh, but no, fantastic. So, congratulations to them. Um, make us proud. Make us proud. Ayanna Presley will be the first, will be Massachusetts' first black congresswoman. Awesome. Amazing. Um, Rashida Tlaib is one of the first Muslim women to be elected to Congress. She is also a Palestinian American. This Amazing. is amazing. Um, th- well, okay, keep, keep going because there's we can. And um, I say one of the first because she is one of two Muslim women. Yes, elected into Congress. Um, the other one is Ilhan Omar, who is a hijabi. And a Somali American. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two ladies, Rashida and um, Ilhan, will be the first Muslim women elected to Congress. I love it. I Mike love Pence it. is going to have to swear them in with the Quran. Yes, a fantastic story. Love the face it. I'm making right now is very happy <laughs> because Mike Pence has to swear two Muslim women. One of them is a hijabi. I love it. In I with the Quran, it. uh, and it's if just you- like beautiful if you can if you can go listen to their speeches because they are so inspiring um especially ill hands wonderful stuff awesome there were also two native american women now elected one, to congress for the first time now this one really blew my mind i was like right? whoa uh but it's so fucking sad that uh, like it, it makes a lot of sense too like it's I so know. horrible uh, so but awesome Sharice Davids and Deb Halland, two women elected, um, two Native American women elected, and I believe Deb Halland is also a lesbian. Awesome. So, also a member of the LGBT community. You go, ladies. Yeah. Do the thing. Um, a candidate that had actually a lot of press coverage. Um, we knew about her and talked about her, actually, on the podcast. We sure did. Um, Alexandria Cortez. 29 youngest woman elected to congress in u.s history from new yes. york yes um this is uh it's kind of funny because the next person we're going to talk about is also the youngest person ever elected to congress uh but if you look at it like month by month i think cortez narrowly narrowly ed- edges, edges her, her out, out because, they're both they are both very young yes uh they're like i'm like a I'm you know I'm almost there y'all like I'm almost at the I'm almost at the I, you know I'm almost at the It's uh, time for you to run. Exactly is what I'm saying like is it my time it's to time. run? It's <laughs> time. I think it is. Uh so uh major props to uh, uh uh to Alexandra. That is great. She's another one of those very few uh national democratic figures that she people is. can rally behind. She is very much like a Bernie brand she Democrat. Exactly super progressive liberal. Super progressive. She is someone we will be watching for a long time and who will be a major force 
in politics yeah. for many, many years to come. She got a lot of national coverage because in her primary, she beat out 10-time incumbent oh, yeah. representative oh, yeah. of New York so. to get a spot in the primaries, which is wild in itself, like a major accomplishment. Very um, cool. And the other, the other youngest woman elected yes. to the U.S. Congress is Abby Finnecker. Um, Congrats. Who will turn 30 on December 27th, which is why Alexandria edges out just slightly. Just slightly. Just uh, so. <laughs> I'm and, sure they're going to have a lot of fun uh, oh my at God. the Capitol with that. Uh, that's um, awesome. But yeah, congratulations to all of these yes. people. And there's so many more we didn't list. These are just some of the highlights. Uh, these were like the big ones that people were talking about. This but is just... there are so many more, especially on the state level like oh, yeah. lots of black women lots of um lgbtq candidates disabled candidates who were elected to their state offices it's which wonderful is also amazing it's absolutely wonderful because it's a you know it is a response to donald trump to the things that are happening and that we were able to have a lot of these things happen is a huge boon it's fantastic and it just you know you can't when we get too cynical, when we get too sad about what's going on, you have to remember of the successes and you have to remember these things happen and we have to take a moment. So I encourage all our listeners to take a moment, congratulate these individuals. Uh, but not only that, uh, you know, be happy that this is happening. Tell me something good. This is fucking Tell me something awesome. Good. Take this a is... moment. Take a moment of bliss. Exactly. This is fucking awesome. You've got to find whatever happiness you can. Absolutely. In this world. Absolutely. So take a moment. And then once that moment is over, like you said, I said I didn't want to talk about it, but I'm talking about it. 2020. Yeah. Around the corner. Get, get ready. Make get sure ready. you get involved. It's not over. I it's know. not over. <laughs> it's not over. Uh, but yes, we, we just wanted to uh, highlight them because this is just absolutely wonderful and i keep saying it but i want to drive that point home because uh, I, I kept seeing all these articles about being like why did it feel so meh like you know democrats um they did a lot of great things but it still felt so meh i'm like it feels meh because you you're making it feel meh you're focusing on not the wrong thing exactly but you're not you're not focusing you're on looking, the other side of the coin exactly you're looking at the beto cruz election you're looking at these bigger elections like no 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 Take a look at what really happened here. Um, so fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, that has been our episode for the week. A little bit of a short one this week, uh, but you know we figured it's our midterm special. We didn't want to bore you too much with politics this week, uh, but a lot of great stuff. You already happened. know what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. A lot, uh, a lot of great stuff. Uh, as always, you can listen to our podcast everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, Spotify coming soon. I keep saying it, but I promise it's going to happen. It's in the works. Um, and follow us everywhere on our social media at Minority Pod, except Facebook, where we are the whole thing. And I've seen some people on there uh, apologize for not getting to y'all, uh, but we're, we're going to be a little more active on our social media. At least I hope we are. Um, although I do want to know, a friend call, I had a friend call me out being like, you have to update your shit. I know. And it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. Uh, trust me. We know we're, we're working on it. We know. Um, and I also want to mention, uh, the holidays 
are coming up. Holiday. So uh, our schedules will definitely be changing. Uh, we will try our best to let you know. Um, uh, when we we'll, gonna be off Thanksgiving. Yeah, week. well, for sure we'll be off Thanksgiving, <laughs> week, but we'll try to let you know whenever you know we're off one week or whatever happens. I know we we need to get better about informing people when we're gonna take a week off or whatever. Um, but knowing now, uh, I'm letting everyone know now uh, the holidays are coming up. So we're we're definitely going to be taking some time up and, and regrouping and, and getting things ready. Um, but we need to start working on our people of the year list. Da, da, da. Yeah, we need a, 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 and not only that, uh, <laughs> if you look at our episode numbers, you'll notice we're getting very close to 100. Do, do, do. Uh, we did the math and unfortunately it will not happen this year. It will happen. Definitely not. <laughs> it will happen early next year. Um, but yeah, that's, I'm just cleaning house right now. I'm cleaning house. So uh, more on all of that. We're thinking uh, about it. In later episodes. Just wanted to let everyone know that we're absolutely thinking about it and we're, and we're getting ready. Um, all right. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.